Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Amen. Lord Jesus, this is your house this morning. This is, this is your house this morning. Belongs to you, Jesus. Come and take your place here. Bring your doctrine, my priest. Bring your doctrine. Teach. Come and teach. Come and teach us. Teach us your way of entrance. Teach us your way, Jesus. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Father Mahadius to come on Ramanesha to come on. Ramene on te amakata come on da on 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 da mahala master pakai mon da on da on da I am on my own I am at the Thank you.
Thank you. The throne of mercy. You are responding to the call of the throne of mercy. You are responding to the call of the throne of mercy. This is the call of the throne of mercy and you are responding. This is now the matter of the throne. It is now the matter of the throne and for this cause I have sent my angels. I have sent my angels. I have sent my angels into your midst. My angels are with you. My angels are with you. Even the healing angel is here for to heal your soul. For to perfect the work of your soul that you may ascend to the throne. That you may ascend to the throne. I have come. I have come. Even I, Jesus, I have come into your midst. Even I, Jesus, I have come into your midst. For you must see me to come into the, For I am the way through the veil. I am the way through the veil. I am the way through the veil. In the glory of my majesty, I am the way through the veil. I have come that you may see me. I have come that you may see me. I have come that you may see me. For you have to see me afresh. You have to see me with a new sight. You ought to see me with a new sight. You ought to see me with a new sight. You ought to see me with a sight beyond the cross. You ought to see me with a sight that is beyond the cross. For beyond the cross there is the light that is glorified. The light that is in me. The light that is in me. The light that is in me. I have sent my angels for this cause. For it is now the operation of the throne. It is now the dimension of the throne. It is now the dimension of the throne. It is the operation of me seated on the throne. For you have to see me seated at the right hand of my father. You have to see me seated at the right hand of my father. It is now Melananasa and Lebanasta. I am the professional. I am the first professional. And I am raising many. I am raising Amen. many. It is the season yes. of raising many. For yes, in me, Lord. in me, we all nations, we all nations, we all nations of the earth be blessed. It is a yes. season. It is the season. Thank it is the season of the throne. It is the time of the throne for I am the way to the throne you, I will part the veil you have to see Thank me afresh send me afresh Jesus. you have to see me afresh for this cause I am come that you may see me I am speaking oh. I am speaking I am speaking I will yet speak yes. I will yet speak and concerning the convention, this is a preparation. For oh, there are many you. more coming. Thank there you, are Jesus. many more coming. Thank there you, are many, Jesus. many, many more coming. For we are coming. We are Thank coming you, as a host. We Thank are you. coming as a host. We come as a host. Yes, we come as a host. For it is the matter of the throne. Yes. It is the dimension of the throne. For Shari we are orchestrating. We are orchestrating the song that is sung at the throne in you. We are working the song in you. We are working the yes, song Lord. in you. That you may sing the song of the throne. 
yes, that you may Lord. sing the song of the truth. Yes, Lord. Uh, Thank you. Says the Spirit. Says Jesus oh. Christ. Even the angel of my strength, even the angel of my strength, I've sent him in your midst. I have sent the angel of my strength into your midst for to begin to change your strength. For this is the dimension where I begin to use, begin to cease to become men. I am taking you out from among men. Yes. You cease to become men. 
You cease to become men. You cease to become men. I am redeeming you from the earth. I am faking you out from amongst men. I am faking you out and faking you out. I'm faking you out until nothing called man is in you. I'm faking and faking you and faking you until nothing called man is in you. For I have sent the angel of my strength. I have sent the angel of my strength. Do not, don't think I will come to pass. For this is how I will confound and destroy the wisdoms and the works of the enemy. For in the clear sight of this, I will bring this to pass. I will make this to come true. For I am changing your strength. I am changing your strength. For the angel of my strength is in your midst. For the angel of my strength is in your midst. The angel of the height of my strength is in your midst. The height of my life. The height of my life is in your midst. The height of my life is in your midst. I have come to exchange your strength. I have come to exchange yourself. For to come to the throne, you need to depend on the new strength. A strength that is not of this world. A strength that is not of you. A strength that can't be found by any man, but that is found by Jesus. I have come to show you that strength. I have come to give you that life. I have come to give you that life. I have come to give you yes, that life. For this is a season of life. For yes. my business is the business of giving life. And that is all I'm ordained for. For to give life. I've come to give life. Even the life of the throne. The life that sits on the throne. Mm. The life that can come to the throne. The life that can pass the veil. The life that can sit on the throne. Is the life I've come to give. It is the life of my strength. It is the life of my being. It is the life of who I am. It is my life. 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 For you are fakate makapote tatali pretevanosa elevra katala baraboshta alerererosha. For we are many here. We are many. We are many, 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 many. We are many here. For I am bringing many up to glory. I'm bringing many up to glory. For many will come to glory. Many will come to glory. Many will come to glory. For that is my ordination as the high priest. For to bring things pertaining to God. For to bring things pertaining to God. And I'm bringing those things to you. That you may come up to glory. That you may come up to glory. That you may come up to glory. This is my call tonight. This is my call today. Come up to glory. Come up to glory. Come up to glory. For I am raising. I am raising. I am raising. I am raising you up. I am raising you up. I am raising you up. I am raising. I am raising you up. 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 Says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we receive. We receive. We receive from you. Jesus, we receive from you. We receive your ministry. We welcome it. We receive it. Amen. Father, we receive it. We receive you. We receive your ministry. In every way, the diversity of your visitation, the various ways in which you want to come, we receive grace to receive you. 
you and your minister, ministering spirit, your angel, which you are sent to come and to help us. We receive his ministry. We receive your ministry in our midst. Let this ministry stay. Let it rest. Let it abide with us. Teach us the sanctification, the consecration for it, the preparation for it, the alignment for it, for the weight of this ministry to rest on us. Thank you, Jesus. We, we bring our heart with consecration this morning. We bring our heart with so much fear and so much reverence before you to speak again to us. Lord, you know as I stand here, I have no clue what you have to say and I have no means of fetching it. But Jesus, come and speak. You and you alone. Minister to us and bless us. Thank you, our Lord. We worship you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning to you. Amen. Say good morning just to somebody. Praise. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes. Praise the Lord. Please appreciate her for us. Praise the Lord. Good morning to everybody. I'm so happy to see you again. Um, I don't know if your body is feeling it yet, meeting every day um, and praying, but I'm really, really encouraged. I know for sure that our prayers are availing much in the spirit. So we thank God for the grace to pray, the strength to pray, the resilience to pray. And those of us who have, um, I know we won't know each person is fighting their own warfare to always be here. I just want to let you know that the Lord sees it and the Lord will reward it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We, are, we are anticipating a very awesome time, very wonderful time at the convention this year. We trust the Lord that it will be so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I think we have, we'll probably have maybe an hour, an hour plus. Um, let's just, um, let's open our Bibles by God's grace. Amen. So we are still on this issue of the, of the entrance, right? Um, gaining gaining entrance, uh, we, and we are hearing that gaining entrance, we have to first gain entrance by word. The word, the word, of, the, the word of the entrance has to come, and that word will, is the word that comes to carry us. It's like waters, uh, like the waters of God, like Jesus was saying, right? It's the waters that come, uh, that will come to carry you into into this place, and we thank God for supplying these waters to us. 
and we trust him for even greater supply. Amen. Uh, in, this, in the book of Second Peter, um, in Second Peter, uh, Peter, Peter spoke uh, a little bit about this entrance. <clears throat> Praise God. Let, let us read from verse. Verse 5, praise God. He said, and beside this, giving all diligence that you should, that you should add to your faith, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, praise God, and to godliness brotherly kindness and to, bro- to brotherly kindness you now have to add charity for if these things first be in you and then abound that they will make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And then, wherefore, the, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, that ye shall never fall. Praise God. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior who Jesus Christ praised the Lord. So I uh, says that if you if you he who lacks these things verse nine and cannot will not see afar off. So it means that these things are equipment for seeing far. Praise God. Now at this point we know the, the point of this conversation is the, is in the sanctuary then you wonder, why is he saying seen far if, if they are in the sanctuary? But to see far means to see beyond the present realm, the present place. Actually, it's to see beyond the present limitation, which is to see into a far place, a, far, a farther dimension. And we know the farther dimension of this is the realm of the most holy. Praise God. So the, the realm of the most holy is actually the realm which is afar off. So when someone, if someone stands by the veil, they might think, oh, it's just the next, let me just step inside it. Praise God. But it's not just like that. It's actually because of all the the journey that needs to be taken, and then the side. So this word afar off, it brings a sense to me. It gives me a sense that it's talking about a side that your, the present visual capacity cannot see. So when something is afar off to a person, it's not a matter of squinting. It's not a matter of you can squint and all, but like that paper right there, there's a paper right there on that wall. I can't see it. 
No matter how hard I try, I can't see it. I can refocus, bifocus, unfocus, overfocus. I can't see it. There's no, nothing I can do with my present instrument that can see what is written in that place. So, so it's not a matter of trying hard to see. You can't see. If you can't see, see you don't have the equipment to see it, you can't see it. Praise God. So that's the way it is with the, the sight of the, of the most holy things of God, that it's not just a matter of exercising yourself to see them, that they're actually things that must be in you and abound, that those things, when they are in you, then they now begin to bring the, the side of that realm. Praise God. And of course, we know that the sight will then lead to the entrance. So it says, for he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and had forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And wherefore, the, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So, so you've seen this is the same thing that we have been looking at. We saw it different ways, right, in Hebrews. Right, we saw the aspect of the calling, right? That we said that the calling is, is Christ. Praise God. It's a calling. It's the new calling. It's Christ. Then he's now saying, after you have been called, you need to make that calling an election. Make it sure. So the purpose of the calling is to bring you into a sure place, like we've been saying, a place of surety. Praise God. Like Jesus became sure, said by so much was... Jesus made a surety of a, of a better testament. Amen. Amen. So making it sure is, is you must arrive first to that place of the full assurance of faith. Uh-huh. So that may bring, coming to full assurance of faith, when you come into that realm, we saw it differently in Hebrews, was it chapter 6, where he was now saying, was speaking to it with reference to the hope. That that hope, he said that hope is both sure and steadfast. Praise God. So, so it's making the fact that you are called, that calling is not yet sure until you come, you engage certain powers or certain things that can make your calling sure. Praise the Lord. So he say you should give diligence. So there is a diligence which ought to be given at this point, at this place. Uh, it's not something that will just come to you. It's something that you must receive, must give diligence for it. So you should give diligence to make that calling an election sure. For if you do these things, then you shall never fall. So the word never is the opposite of ever. Right? They are the same they are the same kind of word. It's just in the negative sense, in the other sense. So, so if anyone who can never fall is someone who's ever standing. Right? If you're, you can never fall, it means that you are ever standing. So it means that you've come into the, the, that ever property, which is actually the everlasting property. Which so, so for a person whose, whose calling has become sure, is someone who has engaged the everlasting power, or what we call the power of an endless life. Amen. Amen. So if you do these things, you shall never fall for so an entrance. So, so when they, are made, they made you unable to fall, 
and by these things that an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into where the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. An entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And therefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them, and then be established in the what the present truth. Yeah, I think it means as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir up, stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So this place of entrance is actually is a realm where um, is a realm where you praise God. I've just to, I'm seeing something that is a realm where you must. It's not particularly maybe just a realm of coming to new things. That's the sense I'm getting that Peter is trying to to put down here. That is, of course, there is a newness of of the of word that comes at that level. Like we saw that yesterday, that that's the word of the oath, which is another dimension of the word that, that begins the making of a person that equips you for entrance. Praise God. But there's an, also another aspect that Peter is mentioning here, which is vital, that this realm is actually a realm of accumulation. That aside from, your, from the new revelation, the new side, the new work, the new things that have been done, that there are still, there's something that can make you not enter, that can make that entrance not be given to you. What is that thing? Is if you forgot, you forgot some things, if you let go of certain things, things which you ought to have gathered in the realm of Christ, <laughs> praise God. Things which you ought to have what? Gathered. So all the things which you ought to have gathered are things that you are supposed to add on top of each other. Things that you're supposed to add. So what he's saying here. Now these guys who he was speaking to, I don't think they were, they were, not, they were not a baby church. Right? Neither were they a, and neither were they an infant or a, even a childish church in the realm of Christ. Actually, I believe they are, there are people who have actually got into the place of entrance. Do you agree? For him to be talking about these things, so it's what things you need to have in place for entrance, it means that they have actually gone far in the realm of Christ and they are very, very close to engage this conversation. And then he now begins to now go back to the first things. Okay, it's time to enter. Let's now check. Open your checklist. <laughs> Praise God. You know, this is the realm where the exposed guys who have been hanging around but not doing anything for a long time, you know. You know, that thing is that anointing. Some guys have it. Sit and put it on them. It's an, say anointing. Skill. Say skill. Do you know this skill? It's a skill to be there but not be there. It's a, it's a powerful skill. The skill to be present but absent at the same time. And there's a wicked skill. Say that can rot it in a soul and that soul can be there around. They're around. You see them. They are there. They have, they have a way but they know how to escape the, 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 the tedious 
part of the course, the tedious part of the course, the, the more difficult aspect of the course, which is the which are the, the aspects of pressure and necessity, the, the, the seasons in Christ or the season in Christ that necessitate your transformation. Praise God. You know, this wilderness thing, it's not, the fact that you're in wilderness doesn't mean that things are happening. You know, you can maybe, you can bring AC there, you can bring, praise God, you can bring your computer game console and you can bring your fridge and bring your, especially in this day and time, eh? <laughs> Praise God. It seems like our, all our technological advancement it has been, always goes to one, one direction in, the, in these modern days. It's, it's like all the power of technology is geared towards anything that can quench wilderness. That's where, all the, the, that's where all the brain cells of what the engineers think about. After a while, they will devise a machine that you don't even have to walk to carry you from, uh, from your bed. It will levitate you into your bathroom. It will bath you, and then you come out and wear your clothes and everything. <laughs> comfort. You know, comfort is what is driving technology, and it's an evil thing. That's not what technology is meant for. Technology is actually meant, it's supposed to support the life of God. That's what God made it for. The, to me, I believe for some basic things, for example, the internet, the discovery of the internet, I know it's the wisdom of God. Any man might want to take glory for it. It was not any man's glory. There are guys who have prophesied of the existence of such things long time ago, and they say the main purpose of it will be to carry God's word through the airwaves. And, and that's the main reason why God gave such advancement. And you can see it being manifested in this time that without the internet, it might be difficult to, to achieve the, the kind of reach and spread that God will have his word to do in these last times. Am I correct? Yes. But, uh, but you see that there are a lot of many other things that we invent that have actually no usefulness to humanity when it comes to the helping the soul, rather they kill the soul, to numb the soul. The invention of anything whose, whose sole purpose is comfort is not good. You've not invented a good thing. Now, I don't mean that anything at all that brings comfort is bad, like your car now. I don't mean we should throw away cars and then all be trekking. No, no. Amen. Because a car is useful for, it can help a lot of things. But there are some things that are not, they are just for, it's to remove every aspect of difficulty in human life, just for the sake of it. And that's not what technology is supposed to be meant for. Praise the Lord. So I just, that's a sidestep anyway. But the point I'm saying is that, Guys, there are guys who can invent technologies. When brethren are growing in Christ, and you are entering, you know you're supposed to enter wilderness with your brethren. When, as they're entering your own, you also find your own. If your own hasn't come, you also pray for your own. And of course, you don't create it yourself, but what you wait for it, when the Lord brings it around you, you, you identify it, and then you, 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 you gather your courage. 
and you face it, and this is my own wilderness. And then when you share testimony, you're sharing wilderness testimonies. That's, that's the kind of testimony that Christ men share with each other. Praise God. Amen. But some guys can, devil can give wisdom to, to, avoid, <laughs> to avoid wilderness. They, they will do everything to avoid it. But so that thing is not good. Amen. So the problem with that is that when you arrive at this place that you're supposed to add faith, add virtue to faith, and then add knowledge to virtue. Am I correct? Verse 6, add temperance to knowledge. And add patience to temperance. And then add what? Godliness to patience. And then brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, then you add charity. So there should be nothing lacking. Verse 8, it says that if these things be in you and abound, then they make you that you shall never be barren or unfruitful in where? In the knowledge. Say, but he that lacketh these things, so anyone who has a lack in, in these things, that the lack of these things will constitute blindness when it comes to seeing afar off. So then what does that tell you? Then that tells you that the accumulation of these things is actually an accumulation of sight, of, of sight capacity that to build, the, to build the equipment, the organ of sight for seeing afar off, it takes a long journey of a long time, a long journey in Christ to be able to build the, the way. So let's say a person has faith, but they don't have temperance. You know, it's called that temperance has a lot to do with seeing afar off. Or patience. Or, or you see what you call brotherly kindness. Praise God. So there is a side of, from, of that dimension that um, the equipment of brotherly kindness, for example, is supposed to, to give to the soul. That if it's not there, you cannot bring the weight of that side, that realm, the sight of that domain, you can't put it on the soul because the soul doesn't have the facility of brotherly kindness to carry that realm. Because the, in that realm is the realm of, um, is a realm of, is a realm of kindnesses. Is a realm of what? Of kindnesses. The Bible speaks about his loving kindness. It was speaking about God. Right, it's, it was in the book of Psalm, right? Speaking about his, his loving, his loving kindness. So, the realm, the kindness in that world is called it's called loving kindness. It's actually then he called it they call it tender mercy, the mercy of God. Then the loving kindness of God. Those are those are attitude of the most holy realm. That God, God is kind. Amen. God is what? God is, God is too kind. God is kind. He's a kind God. And his kindness is loving. So, so a soul who does not have the equipment of... So they won't tell you brotherly kindness yet. They will tell you do brotherly kindness. Or bro, brotherly love. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's 
kindness that is for your, bro, for your brethren. See, and to then add to godliness, you add them brotherly. So you see, even brotherly kindness is actually higher than what they call godliness. Yeah. Because godliness is the beginning of godly nature. The nature that leads to God. So you see, the journey into charity is actually a far journey. It's from godliness. When you begin to have a little bit of godliness in you, you have to arrive at charity later. But along before charity, you need to enter brotherly kindness. So a soul that is not doesn't have brotherly kindness, will not be able to be charitable. Because brotherly kindness is a support for charity. Because when you go to charity that beareth all things, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's so that, doesn't, that is not kind, brotherly, will not be bearing, you will have limit to what you are willing to to bear. Praise God. Do you see that? What is kindness? Can you tell me? Just use your, just your, the way you, the word sounds to you is okay. Anybody? Sorry? Being a good Samaritan. Okay. Okay. What else? Kind. You know, there are a lot of words around kind, but it's not really kind. Kind is a specific kind of word. Like, when you say good now, good is a good word, but it's not, someone can be good, but not kind. Do you understand what I mean? Sorry, man. A considerate nature. That is, that is it, I think. What do you think? Considerate. So someone, someone might could be have be good, they said, but they are not, they are not. Kind means they, they can, they can, they can bend, they can, uh, they can compromise. For you, they, to kind. So a kind person. Is someone who can carry your own feeling like a baby. In their, how, do you, how do you treat their baby? They can treat how you feel that way. Uh, do you understand what I mean? So it's not... Someone who is a good person can just be, hey, oh, no, no, that's, that, that's the principle, that's the law, that's the why, why. And they, they will tell you everything. They will tell you all the principles and all that, and then go away, but they, they, don't, they don't care too much about how you are doing with that thing they just said, even though what they said is right. You know that thing is a, is a great, it, it takes great enlargement of heart. You must, you must be, you have to be built to be kind. Especially to be kind in the realm of righteousness, where righteousness is, a, is the utmost thing. It's easy to be not kind. So think about how easy it should be for God not to be kind. When if God comes to the earth, he's literally surrounded with people who, every, all of us have mastery in breaking his laws. In other words, we all, we all have PhD in getting him angry. Like if we want to do, praise God. <laughs> when you compare what we do with his standard, you know what I mean? But 
that, that thing called loving kindness is like, it's just something, it's such an enlargement of his, that he has such capacity that he has. That he can even speak to Satan kindly. Kindly, when he was talking to the devil. There's actually kindness in, in God's heart towards him. Praise God. Are you seeing some of those natures? Mm-hmm. So this, these are some of those very natures that are easy to just bypass and just not pick them up, but they are part of the things in Christ that, that if that thing is not programmed into you well, you will find that it's not possible to obey the life of the brethren or to fulfill charity. There are some brethren that when you check them, they have other things. They have faith, they have knowledge, they have everything, but that brotherly kindness is their, is their weakness. They always fail when it comes to kindness. And it, the problem is when you don't kind, you're not kind, you can hurt. Mm. Even, though, even though you're hurting, you might not see it as hurting. You might see it as you're, you're just standing strong and doing the right thing, but you don't know that when you hurt, when you hurt a person, a hurting can drive a person to the devil. Yes. Satan uses hurt. When someone is hurt, it's a door. To, that a door is open. If, especially if pers- a person who doesn't have the strength to deal with, you know, to bounce back from being hurt. Some souls are weak in that area. They can't bounce back easily. You open the door. Every time you hurt, you are opening the door to evil spirits in that person. When you hurt a person, you open the door to spirits. They can begin to speak to that person, capitalize on that, that moment of weakness and emotion and all of that. You see that? Amen. So, so brotherly kindness actually is a brotherly kindness is actually the power to the power to take care of the emotional well-being. Praise God. And you might feel like when you're coming close to God, emotions should not matter. By this time, you should have died with all your emotions and just God just, you know, ready to do your will. Nothing left. I don't feel anything. I don't care. I'm gone. <laughs> but when you get to God, you know, discover that God is a world of emotions. In fact, he created it. Emotion is actually an invention of God. A praise the Lord. So, so you see, he's in all these little nuances, these little, little areas. It is the, one of the signs of strength is that now, is a weak person who can't pay attention to the little things. Why a weak person that doesn't pay attention to the little things? Because they don't have enough strength. They are, all their strength is finished with, the, with the, the basics, the fundamentals. They don't have anything left. But then it's the little foxes that spoil the vine, those little cracks. For example, managing a relationship with a person. Praise God. You can't just think about the bottom line. You must think about it because the person is rounded. God put things in them. God put feelings there. God put um, cares there. God put their, when I say cares, I mean the faculty to care. You know that it's God is the one who put it there. When, when you are thinking about all your problems in life and it's weighing you down, God doesn't want you to think about all your problems, but the faculty in your soul, you're using to do that. God is the one who created it. It's for to care about some other things. 
not what the devil or the world wants you to care about. Are you getting what I mean? So there's so much in, in, so when you say, they speak about loving your brother, what the project they are giving you is a mighty project. They, they are trying to get you to love the, the masterpiece of God. That's that thing called the soul. It's a very complex design that God created that they will give you to now love this thing. So it means you have to be, have so much strength in you. Praise God. One thing I, I fully believe is that, you see, marriage, marriage is, marriage is actually, marriage is the, marriage is actually, I think marriage is even beyond, the power of marriage is beyond even just Christ and charity. Right? Marriage is, a, is an everlasting world where you need everlasting powers to carry a marriage according to the standard that God has, has given. In fact, to be married, you need more than brotherly kindness. You need loving kindnesses. You know what I mean? To be able to live with your spouse and handle them in such a way that your actions is not opening the door to Satan within them. You need loving what? You need loving kindnesses. So, so someone that wants to go and get married and you've not loved yet, you are not, you're not open to the school of, of loving even your brethren. It means that you still have a lot to pick up. Praise God. I don't know why I'm, I'm mentioning this. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit. <laughs> is it praise God? <laughs> maybe the Lord is just, just sees some things that we need to work on, eh? Like Jesus, an everlasting man, right? You can see the demonstration of this in his life. You know, Jesus was not just, you know, when he's speaking to Pharisees, you think, hey, this man is a fire See the way he just spoke to those guys, man. You'll be afraid of him. But when you read the way Jesus, Jesus was too kind. Right? It was the, the things that he, he thinks about, the little things that he thinks about. Amen. Jesus is the one who fed. After teaching and teaching, look, he saw that these guys have not eaten. We can't just leave them like that to go. We have to feed them. Uh, it's possible that they wouldn't have died if Jesus left them. It's just that they would just take some time maybe to walk home before they get home, before they can eat and all that. But Jesus was touched. He said, no, we can't just let them go. We, let them. we have to feed them. That was, that's kindness. Do you believe that? Jesus was kind. Amen. What made Jesus gone back the ear of the guy who that Peter sliced off his ear? In that moment of righteousness from Peter. Holy anger. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Jesus was kind, even to the end. While he was on the cross, he was still kind. It was someone was beside him insulting him constantly. That one the devil entered that guy. <laughs> 
to be, uh, you know, it was kindness. Jesus had kindness. While he was suffering his own, he could still have compassion on the other guy. He was, still, he was thinking about that guy joining him in paradise, even while he had his own thing to bear. That's so much, he had so much enlargement. His heart was, has been decked with all of these things. So it's very clear that you can't, someone who is not kind, you can't carry everlasting life. You'll be breaking it. You will be, to, to carry that life, you've gained mastery in those little areas, the little areas that don't usually matter to people. Amen. Those are the kind of areas that sometimes you have to, that you have to pick up. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. So, so let's see. It says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. So there is being neither be barren nor what? Unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he that lacketh these things, so the lack of these things constitute a blindness. That means, you see this thing called, we are calling kindness and in charity. It means that those things are actually eye properties. That seen, like for example, if you see when you look at something without kindness, what you see is different from what you look with when you look kindly. And they come and say, ah, that brother just did that thing. There's the first reaction you might have without kindness that it will characterize what the brother just did. You will see his weakness. You will see how wrong it is. You see everything. But then you can close your eye, bring another eye again that adds kindness to it. And then how you see what might be different. Do you see that? So, one of the, the preparation for moving into everlasting life is actually one of the main things is to receive the eyes of that realm. The eye which God see, with which God sees, and the eye that God uses. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And by these things, when we come into these things, that an entrance shall be ministered unto us abundantly into the what? into the everlasting what, kingdom of our Lord and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so this um, way of entrance... Let us read this same chapter. If you go down a little bit, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't want to read the whole thing. Let's read from verse 15. It says, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able to be able after my decease. Ah, let me just say something. Praise God. I'm seeing something in my heart, and I feel like this thing is very important here. The, the aspect of not not putting things aside, is when we are moving into, you know, last year's School of the Spirit, we were speaking about the fullness of Christ, right? And in our prayer meeting, one of the main emphasis of the prayer meeting was of the God's process of enlarging the soul. And we saw that the, the different dimensions of Christ, that Christ is actually a world of, Christ is a world of, being, of development in every direction. He spoke about the length, then the, the, the height, the width, the breadth 
that so that process of enlarging the soul is actually the process of the fullness of Christ. So, so a full Christ is it is a a fully enlarged soul, a soul that has been enlarged, so enlarged that then we now be also began to see the the moving, the ascension from righteousness is into the realm of judgments. I would say that judgment is actually the realm of, of operating from fatness. It's where r- judgment is the realm of the balancing of righteousnesses and able to live from a, a point where you, of the fulfillment of multifaceted righteousness and gaining so much ability within the soul to be, ability to be fulfilling many requirements at the same time because of the riches of how much judgment that you carry. Amen. So, and so that kind of ability is what characterizes the, what, the fullness, the fullness of Christ. Praise God. So you see, that development is what the, is actually what the seven spirits is meant to develop. Right? In the book of Isaiah, let's just quickly look there before we come back here. Um, to, just to pick that point. Amen. Isaiah 11. Isaiah 11 said, There shall come for the royal out of the stem of Jesse, and the branch shall grow out of its root, and then the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Praise God. And then righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So in verse 4, you see how he would judge the poor and then reprove with equity for the, the meek of the earth, the poor and then the meek of the earth. So the poor and the meek are those who are candidates for being raised up. Praise God. When Jesus spoke about the poor as well, when he came in Luke chapter 4, amen, after he came out of the wilderness and he had begun, that was when he had just entered the realm of acceptability. And then he said that he has been anointed to preach the gospel for the meek and all of that. Now, to handle the meek, to handle the meek, to handle the poor, it actually takes a high judgment to handle the poor and to handle the meek. If you take a person who has not been raised and developed to the poor and to the meek, they will not have enough of of capacity to deal with the poor and to deal with what? And to deal with the meek. So who's the poor? The poor and the meek are the people who, who, who are candidates of the gospel of Christ. Do you understand that? So poverty here doesn't necessarily mean someone that looks poor. 
Someone, meek doesn't necessarily mean someone that acts meekly, no. Poor and meek is, a, is actually a, is their properties, is their spiritual properties. The, a poor and a meek person just means a, a person in whose soul is an opportunity for the gospel. Does that make sense to you? Someone in whose soul is what? Is an opportunity for the gospel. Now, for someone who hasn't been raised in judgment, you can't even, you won't be able to discern poverty and meekness. It is the equipment of judgment that makes you able to what? Discern poverty. So those guys just said, I came to preach to the poor. If they sent you instead of Jesus, go and preach to the poor. When you reach there, you say, there are no poor here. I don't see poor. Amen. I don't see anybody. No one is poor here, man. Like some of us, when you go in an environment, you don't see any, you don't see, you don't see, it's hard to see the opening for ministry. The opening of the, of the extension of mercy. You know, to handle mercy is not a small thing. You see, mercy and judgment are twins. They sit, when you get to the throne of God, they are the twins that play around the throne of God. Amen. So, you see, a being of judgment is also a, a stature of mercy. Stature of what? Of mercy. A merciful nature is a nature, is a, is a nature of judgment. When they build a soul with judgment, they build such a man mercifully. Is that he has mercy. He can also give mercy. And he can show mercy. And he has, he's able to execute merciful judgment. His judgment, any judgment that is, cannot be executed mercifully is not just before God. Like God's judgment is merciful, for his mercy endureth forever. So mercy is an everlasting property. Praise God. It's an everlasting word, property. And it is judgment rides upon the, the facility of mercy. Otherwise, it will cause harm. And it will not be accurate. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you, are you being blessed today? I'm just checking. Praise God. So you see, this man, this Isaiah 11 man, is a man that was developed by God. It's the Lord Jesus, the branch and the root. Amen. So he, he will be developed by the seven spirit and will come and he will appear into, uh, in that place where he calls knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Then they will now make him of a quick understanding in the word. They will make him of a word, quick, of a quick understanding in the word, fear of the Lord. And he shall, then he will not judge. After the, the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge. That what he won't judge after the sight of the eyes, nor after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness will he judge. So it means that with the sight of his eyes, if he uses that, he can't see the poor. He cannot discern the poor and the meek with his own sight. He needs the sight of righteousness and judgment to be able to discern the poor 
and then to discern the meek. I don't know if I'm making some sense to you. Now, anybody who does not have this kind of facility, you will not be admitted into the everlasting world. Do you know why? Because the, the everlasting realm is a realm of saviors. Yeah. In that world, in that realm, their language is salvation. It's to save. That was the, the name of Yeshua, of Jesus, that, and that's his everlasting name, to, to save. Praise God. Now, so the, you see the judgment of the poor and the reproving with equity. That was accurate reproof, which he will do for the meek. Amen. He will have that, and then they will give it, giving the rod of his mouth with which he will, and the breath of his lips, by which he shall then was slay the wicked, which is another side of him. Then verse 5, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and then faithfulness, the, the girdle of his reins, and the wolf, and also shall dwell with the, the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. So, praise God. So this thing they are describing here is what I was describing when I was describing kindnesses. So, when you see the wolf and the lamb dwelling together, it's that the wolf has the ability to harm, but he refuses to harm. He can restrain himself. The leopard also is the, so, the, so you see the, low, the, the wolf here and the leopard here, they've come into a capacity that is not normal for them, which is the capacity of an abnormal restraint from doing harm. they lose the capacity to harm by the gain a capacity for to do what to for for safety. Amen. And you see the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and then the little child shall lead them and the cow and the bear shall feed and the young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat like straw like the ox and the suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp and the wind child shall put his hand in the cockatrice's den, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as what? As the waters do what? Cover the sea. So in that holy mountain, the point where they neither hurt nor destroy in the holy mountain, at that place, that's the apex of the holy mountain, that is actually the word of charity. Uh, do you understand me? Yes, so where, the, the place where they, they don't hurt nor destroy. So such kind of environment, one of the signs that you are getting ready for entrance is they remove the ability to hurt from you. They remove the ability to hurt, the ability to destroy, the ability to hurt. Say hurt. The ability to do destroy. Now hurting Although I spoke about feelings and taking care of all that, that's not where hurting ends. Hurt is actually when you say you hurt, you're hurting life. To hurt life. 
to hurt, first of all, you, you, won't, you remove the ability to hurt your own life and the ability to hurt the life of the brethren, the life are, of people who are around you. you they remove that ability to hurt that life. So that's the, the realm of Christ's fullness is actually a state of a person. When a person comes to a point where they can no longer hurt the life of Christ, when you can no longer hurt the life of Christ, then you have gotten to a place for that entrance to be ministered unto you. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. When you can no longer hurt, I pray the Lord will deliver us from that. Amen. The Lord will make us all harmless, right? Amen. Jesus said you should be wise as a serpent, be harmless like a dove. You should be, just be completely harmless. Be completely harmless. That you don't have the ability to harm. There was a time God dealt with me with this thing. By that time, I, it wasn't even by this revelation. It was just, I didn't, I didn't know why God was just there. He said, I want to make you harmless. For, for a long time, it was probably up to over a year or so, the Lord just began to show me all my dealings, my attitude towards certain things, my, the way I would naturally react to things my way of going about certain things. Say, you have to, you can do harm. You have to be harmless. So you're not beginning to have to check in all my conversation, all my dealings, everything. Everything I have to be checking. Is there hurt here? You know, that's another, that's another standard. It's not, are you doing something that's, that's outrightly bad or, you know? He's talking about, even in those areas of where you feel you are doing the right things, where you are, according to your judgment, that you are still doing them, but you are still harming. You can still hurt. You can still hurt in those dealings. You get what I mean? So that, that thing is actually a work that has to be raised. You know all those attitudes of Jesus, that when you are, you know, Jesus was giving those, those, those his, his teachings where he was contradicting Moses. That Moses told you an eye for an eye, but look, I'm telling you, Amen. <laughs> why, why did he say Moses gave those things? At the point, even the divorce law, when they came to tell him that Moses said that you can, if your wife does this, there are things she can do, you can write a bill of divorce and divorce her and all that. He said, look, Moses told you that because of the hardness of your heart. But really, God actually hates it. God actually hates separation. He hates divorce. Praise the Lord. You see, I know Moses told you an eye for an eye, but no, if someone slaps you, turn the other side and present it to them. <laughs> you turn the you know, that kind of thing. See, you see what Jesus said? You see what Jesus said? Now, it's very, very convenient for us to say, to take it figuratively. You know, we like that, you know, Jesus was just using figurative and all that. But when Jesus was practicing it, it wasn't figurative to him. When they were, if Jesus wanted to run away, when they were flogging him, you think he couldn't have? Uh, am I correct? Now, I want to ask you, how many slaps do you think he received? 
if they can do what they did to him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many slaps do you think he got? Me slap was a smart thing now. So the slap was probably in between the whips. They just gave like five slaps just somewhere, just somewhere in between. Normal, standard. Imagine your Lord, your creature slapping you, beating you, everything. So, so that wasn't a figurative something, eh? Jesus did not, uh, his body experienced those things. Those were the tests. Is this, is this body, is it everlasting yet? Is it, has it gotten there? God, God made sure that they, they beat it to check. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they were beating the body to see if there's still, there's still, um, you know what they call, what they call irritability in biology? It's called response to stimuli. Are they checking? Is, is, the, has, is this body, has it fully come under the, the, the dominion of his inward life force? Can he still respond? Why, why would Jesus' cause involve them beating his body? Why didn't they say, okay, Jesus' suffering would just be something, a torment of his soul somewhere that you are not seeing secretly? You know, God can do that. God can make someone so tormented and they won't touch the body. But we're saying before that there's something about the body that they also have to test the salvation of that body. Praise the Lord. So this thing that we are speaking about here, like Jesus began to give those, those rules to them. They say, okay, how many times should someone offend you before you retaliate? Jesus not calculated. You know, that was a wise answer from Jesus. Maybe Jesus didn't want to tell them, never ever. So, <laughs> because those guys, they, were law, they are law guys, you know what I mean? Give me something I can calculate and know so that I can be waiting. By the time they get to that, <laughs> praise God. But Jesus said, no, no, no. He was it 70 times 70 or something that he told them. Right. So, so are you seeing that? You saw Jesus had that nature, the harmless nature. The harmless nature that he had to him. That, those were all powers, part of his everlasting nature, praise God, which he had. And then, but you see, there is a, pre, there is a, a prerequisite for that life, which is also in the realm of Christ, there is also a degree of harmlessness, which is what he calls upon the holy mountain. You will get to a point where you neither hurt nor what? Destroy upon my holy mountain. Praise the Lord. Amen. So it says that when you do this, verse, verse 10, okay, verse 9, it says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. And wherefore the rather... Brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. So verse 10, verse 9 means it's possible for you to forget you were purged from your old sins and then go back to them. Right, so someone can grow in faith, and then instead of adding virtue to faith, they forgot the faith school. And then when you are trying to add virtue, there's nothing to add virtue on top of. It means you are a forgetful hearer, not a doer of the work. And it's he who is not a forgetful hearer, but who is a doer of the work. That's the person who shall be blessed in what? In, what? in all his deeds. 
So he will be blessed in all his deeds because he never forgot any deed. That when it's time to bring the blessing of those deeds, you know, those deeds should accumulate for a blessing. Amen. That was, that's the, the blessing that comes upon Mount Zion in the book of Psalm. Say, for there, 133, praise the Lord. Say, how beautiful and how pleasant it is for who? For brethren to dwell together in unity. So the point of brethren dwelling together in unity is what they were describing in Isaiah 11, where they come to a point where they can never hurt again. They cannot destroy anymore. It's at that point at the top of the holy mountain. Amen. You see, at that point, amen, how, is how, how good and how pleasant it is. Praise God. It's good and pleasant. You've come to a good place and you've come to a pleasant place when brethren can then dwell together in unity. Amen. At that point, you, they begin to evoke something. Now, what they begin to evoke is what we were talking about yesterday, which is they begin to evoke the, the, the ministry of oath or the, the ministry of the high priest. So, so the, the high priest, let's just read that psalm. Praise God. Psalm 133. Amen. Psalm 133 from verse 1. Are we being blessed today? Or maybe these things are too, maybe they are too basic for us. You know, we're already feasting on the oath and the high priest and all that. So what are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about being kind? We have passed all these things. <laughs> Amen. Psalm 133, behold, behold how good and how pleasant. Oh, I love this. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there, so there means in this environment, in this good and pleasant environment, where souls are aligned with, with goodness and pleasantness. So it's very clear, a pleasant soul is a pleasing soul. So... A pleasant soul is a soul that has mastered pleasure. It's pleasing to God. Pleasing. It's pleasing. Your, your savour, your aroma is, has become very what? Pleasing to God. That when we arrive at this place, such, such formation on Zion, it, it awakens the flow of the ointment. Now, this ointment is the ointment that flows from the high priest and is actually an ointment to, to, <clears throat> to bring, it's the, the ointment that the high priest has when it begins to come upon Zion. When the high priest begins to, his oil, his anointing begins to fall upon Zion, is to raise Zion up. It's actually, is the blessing of Zion. Amen. So that time is actually the, 
is actually the season of, is a particular blessing. It's, the, it's also the time of, Paul calls it, when he was writing to Timothy, that blessed hope. You know, it's, it is separated the hope from faithful charity, that hope for another hope. That one which enter it into the present behind the veil is actually a blessed hope. Amen. That where we look for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So this blessing here is actually the blessing for the preparation into the way of the way into the holiest of all. So the, the people who the blessing of preparation for that way comes upon, upon our people who have arrived, arrived at this place of pleasantness and then what? Goodness. So it is as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there the Lord what? commanded the blessing even life for what? life forevermore. Praise God. Psalm 45. Say beauty. Say goodness. Say pleasantness. This is the, the beauty of Zion. Charity is the beauty of Zion. When Zion stones arrive at this place, they are, when they come into their beautiful place, when you come to that place, nothing can deny you. From, you can't be denied the presence of God. When all these things be in you and abound, you let them abound. You don't discard them. You don't take them lightly. You actually, you actually allow your heart to come into an accumulation of all these things. Praise the Lord. You will, say you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge. Amen. So in Isaiah 45, let's see. Um, this Isaiah was actually... This place was speaking about also the, the ministry. It's also the ministry of the high priest. Praise God. It's the ministry of the high priest in, in how, they bring, how sons are brought to glory. But here, instead of sons, they change them to daughters to, to highlight the feminine nature. You know, it's neither male nor female. <laughs> so, some, so those guys, they, when you say sons... They are also daughters, right? The sons and daughters. In the book of Second Corinthians, chapter six, right? right when he said, "Saith who, the Lord Almighty, the, the Lord Almighty is the receiver." So, who the Lord Almighty receives? He doesn't use only son. He used son and daughters. He he's talking about those who have been developed to capture both the spiritually masculine and feminine virtues. Because beauty is a feminine virtue. 
is also, is also a virtue that they have to wear on the soul. Praise God. So when he came actually to the, the season of calling the Lord to come and pick and take his people in, they begin to magnify the feminine aspect. Right? When it comes to taking the inheritance, the mark of the inheritance of Christ, they speak more about the masculine aspect. So they speak more about sonship, like Paul did. When he was saying the hair differed from the son, he was thinking about when they talk about inheritance, uh-huh, they speak about sonship. Praise God. Now, when it comes, when they speak about enduring things, suffering, when he, in bringing many sons, it became him by whom and for all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. When he talk about, spoke about his suffering, they used more of the masculine virtue. But it doesn't mean only sons should go there. Praise God. <laughs> so, not male or female. I mean, if you believe that your soul is not male or female, that it's your body that's male or female, you believe that? Okay. And it's the soul that they want to bring. That you know that every one of you, your soul, has both masculine and feminine attributes. Do you agree with that? Praise the Lord. So but when it came to then the, when they began to speak about the quality that will attract the high priest to come and bring you through the way, and to receive you, they always switch it to the feminine in the scripture, like the whole conversation of the book of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. The Song of Solomon is, is more of a, your role there is the feminine, you are the feminine in that song, right? When it's, you are the virgins, praise the Lord, amen. So when he was speaking about you, bringing you into his chambers, kiss me with the kisses of your lips for your word. Your love is sweeter than, than wine. Amen. Sorry? Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, same thing here. Um, let's just read f- from the beginning just very quickly. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching my king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer, for thou art fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into thy lips, therefore God hath blessed thee forever. You see, God had done what? So this blessing is the everlasting blessing that they are speaking concerning, right? That is the, he's blessed forever. So this man is an everlasting man. This is the high priest. Only the high priest is blessed forever. You get that? The priest is blessed, but the priest is not blessed forever. That only it is the high priest who has an everlasting blessing. Amen. Say, God, I saw upon thy thigh, O most mighty, with thy glory and thy majesty. And in thy majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness, and righteousness. And thy right hand shall teach thee terrible things. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Then verse 6, thy throne, O God, is forever. The scepter of of thy kingdom is a right scepter. For thou lovest righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God thy God had anointed thee with the oil of gladness 
above thy fellows, and all thy garments smell of mire and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces whereby they have done what? They have made thee glad. And, and then king's daughters were among thy honorable women. Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of offer. Her king, O daughter, and consider and incline thine ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. Then so, so shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. For, the, for he is thy Lord. And worship thou him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat thy word. And the king's daughter is all glorious within her clothing is the rod of gold. And she shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework, and the virgins, shall, her, the virgins, her companions, that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of thy fathers shall be thy children, whom thou mayest make princes in all the earth. I will make thy name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise thee. Praise God forever. Amen. So you, you see they're speaking about the king's daughters. Verse 9. You see that they were... So this word king's daughters were among thy honorable women. And it said, Upon thy right hand did stand the queen in gold of offer. Now, when you say king's daughters, now king's daughters, there are certain things they connote there. These are brethren. Praise God. They are what? Brethren. Say daughters. Bro- daughters, instead of brothers, they are sisters. So, the, the daughters are of the same king, are sisters. So, when you say brethren, brethren is a word that is not necessarily masculine. Brethren, they are sisters. Some of them are sisters to each other. Some of them are brothers. So, it's both brothers and sisters that are brethren. So, so this is speaking about the, the, the feminine side. So, uh, so these are the what? The sisters. So these are actually brethren. Now, it says, Haki no daughter and consider and incline thine ear and forget thine own people and then the father's house. So these brethren here, they are supposed to fulfill something. They must fulfill something for them to make the king greatly desire their beauty. Verse 11. It says, So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. So for them to, for the king to greatly desire their beauty, they must, they must attain something, which is actually... Uh, Something that the word of oath, 
will impart to them. This thing that they will attain is one of the is a property is a high priestly property, which is the loss of their descent. Let's see the book of Hebrews. We should be closing very soon. Okay. How many of us are tired? Raise your hand. I didn't see any hand raised. Okay. So we can go to three. <laughs> Someone said amen. Oh. So don't blame me. Amen. I'm just joking. Okay. Praise God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. This Melchizedek, verse 7, chapter 7 of Hebrews. You know, Jesus was made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We've seen that. That's chapter 6, verse 20. It says, Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So, what is the meaning of order? The order of Melchizedek. He's not saying Jesus is Melchizedek. He's just telling you that he was made after that same order. So, so the same properties that made Melchizedek and high priest are the same properties that you find in Jesus that made him a high priest. So he was made. So it's very clear that what is contained in the word of oath, which made him, he was made by an oath. We saw that, right? So what is in the word of oath that made him a high priest are the things that are common with him and Melchizedek. You want to discern what, when the word of oath starts coming, what, what are the things it wants to achieve in you for the way into the holiest to be prepared is those same properties which you find in Melchizedek, which Jesus also came into. Amen. So then he began to describe in chapter 7, verse 1, that those things about Melchizedek. So he says, For this Melchizedek, the king of Salem, the priest of the Most High God, who, so he was a high priest, amen, and, and who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation the king of righteousness. So it means he was a king of righteousness. Okay. And also being a king of Salem, which was a king of peace, which is a king of peace, amen. And without father, so these are all the properties. Now, are you seeing the, the progression here? So, so anybody who will come into this oath, you, want, you have to now separate it. At what point, at what point did they begin to mention things that are not that are beyond the priesthood. It's not everything they mention about Melchizedek that pertain to high priesthood. Because he is actually first, every high priest is first a priest. When you open the high priest, inside him you see a priest. Because a priest is who he was before, before he was finally taken. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. So now, him being a king of righteousness did not make him a high priest. Because every, high, every, every, every 
priest is a king of righteousness. In fact, every Levite is a king of righteousness. Praise God. Now, what makes a priest higher than the king of righteousness is that the priest is also a, a higher king of something higher than righteousness. That a king is, a priest is a king of peace. I mean, a fully developed priest is a what? Is a king. What makes him a king of peace? Because he has the covenant of right of peace or the covenant of life and peace. What makes you a king of righteousness is having the covenant of life. Praise God. So, so it means that it was not this aspect of him that made him what? A high priest. This is not the, the key aspect. Praise God. So there was something about Melchizedek that all that priests did not have. It wasn't that they were, him being a king of righteousness or a king of peace. There was something more. Praise God. So you see, that part began to be mentioned in verse 3. That is not every priest who was without father and without mother and without descent. That's not a common, that's not a common CV of a priest. In fact, you don't need that to be a priest. You don't need that CV to be what? A priest. It's not part of the priestly CV. Praise the Lord. What was that? Amen. But this aspect of without father, without mother, without this, and having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but then made like unto the Son of God and abided a priest continually. Now, even this abided a priest continually is not just a priest because a priest doesn't abide continually. So he is a priest that abides continually which is a high word, a priest. He is a priest forever. He's a high priest. So what makes him a priest forever? This aspect of verse 3 is a key aspect that only, is only brought when they want to make oath with you. Then they begin to demand this aspect from you that God will not make a man an oath who you can trace his genealogy or you can trace his descent. They must deliver you from that thing before they can consecrate you as a high priest unto God. So the realm of everlasting life is the realm. I, I, I don't feel I need the need to, I have the need to go too deeply to explain this because I feel in from the preparatory messages we dealt with this aspect a little bit about losing your descent and all of those things. Praise God. So, it says, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life. So, you see, not having beginning of days nor having end of life. Those are everlasting properties. Amen? Amen. So, what makes you everlasting are the parts of you the things that you receive from God that break the limitation that your descent put on you as a person, that all those things that your descent, your natural descent put in you, they are all limitations, all of them. In our place, we are this way, we, put, we, we do this way. How many of you will say, in our place, we are everlasting? That is what I got from my father. Is that, that no, what, what I got from my father is that we, in our area, we can bear all things. 
our own neighbor. That's our own tribe. That's one thing we are, we are known for, is that we can bear all things. We, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, so you find out that everything you receive from the natural are limitations. They are all, list them. They are all limitations. Praise God. So those things have to be, you must lose them. You have to, if you don't lose them, you cannot cut a covenant. You cannot cut a higher covenant. They don't admit you into the realm of the holiest with God. Amen. Now you can be a Christ and not yet having lost those things. Do you know that? You can be Christ. Because when we saw God spoke about Jesus as being his son the first time, Jesus still has descent. You saw him after that, after that John chapter 1. You saw him in chapter 3 with his mother. Come, hey, boy, come here. We got an invitation to, in fact, not just you, gather your disciples, all of them, bring them. We are going to a wedding. Right? So (laughs) they invited him. Both his, he came, he had to bring his disciples today, but they came to a point where his mother came, he was with his disciples, his mother came and then he told them, look, my, actual, my mother, my father, my, are actually those are not, they are not the same season. It wasn't the next day after Jesus went to the wedding that that happened. So as he was, as he was taking, was moving into the everlasting realm, there was a rearrangement. It wasn't that he was disrespecting his mother. No, no, no. We've talked about this, right? is that he must be taken from among men. He must be taken from among men. He has to be taken from among men. God, God will not put an oath. He will not give an everlasting covenant to a soul that, he, he, praise God, they can give you a call right now. We just, we consulted the oracle that they say, they say you're actually the next king of the village. You have to come back home to come and take <laughs> Your, your grandfather was the last king and your father. So it's time to come and come and assume. <laughs> come and assume the truth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is in trouble now. If you, when they are looking for you to come and you know what I mean? Bring the bring the blood. It's time to Atone and everything. Eh? You'll be on the way, but the, the boss back home. <laughs> Praise God. So that's one thing that you must lose. I know that thing is, we have traveled a little bit there. Maybe we'll go a little bit. That thing of called descent is deep. It's deep. God does not make everlasting covenant with an evil man. Or a Yoruba man, or an Edo man, or are you get what I'm saying? Or a Nigerian man, or an African man, or a Canadian man, or, a, or you see, those things. Are you, so, am I saying you burn your passport? Listen, that's not what I'm saying. Praise <laughs> God. That passport, your passport is just telling you where your body, where you can, you have a right to your body to enter a country and to live there as a citizen. No, we're talking about your soul. But the thing is that Satan made sure that where we came from traveling to our soul, 
and it's registered there. That's the one that God wants to remove. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That in your soul, your body should be the, the son of your father, your earthly father. But your soul should not be the son of your earthly father. Because your earthly father did not give birth to your soul. They gave birth to your body. And God ordained that to be. But Satan made that in travel deep. And God also allowed that thing to happen that way for the sake of initial preservation. Before God wants to now get you back from them. There will be a time where God will want to get you back from them and he has to purge you of some things that has gone deep into you inordinately so you can be free and be, be given to him. So you can look beautiful to him. Praise the Lord. So this same property is the same property that this daughter's had. Amen. So you see here, it says, verse 9, quickly as we round up, that the king's were, daughters were among the honorable women. Upon the right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ephraim. Hacking no daughters and consider and incline thine ear. Forget thine own people and then thy what? Father's house. That is to obey that thing. And when you do that, so shall the king greatly desire thy beauty. For he is thy Lord. And Worship what thou him. Praise the Lord. I, I hope we've been able to pass just something across today. Amen. Let's just stand up in our feet and just bless the Lord. Father, we share with us 30 seconds. Just pray and thank him for, for his word and, and just connect the grace. The grace for the fulfillment of this requirement that the Lord is unveiling to us for, for entrance into the, into the most holy realm. Father, we thank you. Shara masunteriem broskata pariando vera heskola. Romatata la praharaba sotorienda braso koriera voshevahora. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we bless your holy name today. We give you all the glory for all you have done for us. We receive your word today with thanksgiving. We ask that it will bear fruit even unto everlasting life. Thank you, Father. We receive not just the word, but also the grace, the capacity, the strength, the wisdom, the resolve, the ability, Father, to follow through with them so that we can receive the blessing. Thank you, our Lord Jesus. We give you all the glory. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You will between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for you dwells between the cherubim shine for.